It's episode 257 of Crack the Customer Code, the podcast that's binge-worthy enough to be on Netflix. Hey, it's Adam Bork, and we are here live, not live, at the NSA Influence 2017 Conference. I'm here with my podcast partner and co-host, as always, Jimmy Walters. And we are cracking the customer code here for the Crack the Customer Code podcast, and we have our special guest, Pat Iyer. And Pat is a registered nurse who had a business, a small business, I guess, helping attorneys. So we would love to know more about that. You'll say it much better than I just did. So. All right. Well, for 28 years, I helped attorneys on cases with medical issues. Whenever there were medical records that need to be deciphered or analyzed or interpreted, uh, personal injury, medical malpractice claims, workers' comp, I built up that business to over a million dollars in sales for the last five years that I ran it. And then I successfully sold it in 2015. And now what I do is act as a ghostwriter and editor for individuals who wish to have books written with me. And that's editingmybook.com, as well as I do some coaching and mentoring with other nurses who want to work with attorneys in that same capacity. And I know you and I have talked before, and I've been on a Pat has a fantastic mm-hmm. podcast, the Legal Nurse Podcast. Is that the perfect that is title? Legal oh, Nurse Podcast. Excellent. She has a great podcast. I know we've spoken before about how customer-centric you were in building these businesses. So tell us a little bit about how you increased sales in in your previous business, some of the things you did to work with customers and to show customer care. Well, there's a lot of high-stakes issues in litigation. If an attorney makes a mistake or an expert witness makes a mistake, it can have big ramifications. So everything in our business had to be done well and with excellence. Attorneys are demanding, they're intelligent, they want good customer service, like business owners who are listening, they wanted to make sure that everything went well. So our focus was on making it as hassle-free as possible by being easy to work with, by being pleasant, by being responsive when they had concerns, and um, to help indicate that we would be great people to work with when an attorney contacted us about a new case, we automatically sent them out a small gift based on that principle of reciprocity. So we do something nice for the attorney. The attorney then feels nicer towards us and more confident in giving us the work. I think that's a principle that business owners can apply to any type of business is to think about rewarding not only new customers, but we also kept a list of our most active customers who gave us the most work We called them the champion customers, and we sent them gifts periodically and took them out to lunch and called them, Um, because I used to spend a lot of time and a lot of money chasing down new business, trying to introduce myself to new people, and one day I woke up and said, well, what about the loyal customers who are giving us work? We should be rewarding them and making them feel special, because they were very special. So that move, I think, dramatically increased our sales when we started tuning into the fact that we needed to pay attention in a different way. And would you say that, because I'm thinking about the industry you were in, Mm -hmm. you know, learning attorneys and court services, I would think those things you did made you stand out as well. I would would imagine they they weren't that common in that industry. Mm -hmm. No, um, I would say that's true. I spent a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of money learning about internet marketing and customer service, and I think my competitors were not really focused on those issues at all. Many of them didn't have websites. Probably none of them had opt-in reports or were building up email lists. 
that was something they knew really nothing about. So I stood out by doing those things. You're right. And I'd say, I mean, for those of you listening, I think that's a great takeaway is whenever you can add a level of experience, a level of customer service that is different for your industry, that's above and beyond for your industry and what people are used to getting, you can immediately stand out. It doesn't mean you have to be Zappos. It doesn't mean you have to be Amazon. And I think we hear a lot about gratitude towards customers, but that is a great example of really reaching out to loyal customers and showing gratitude, not just to your new customers as well. And I'm sure, I'm just guessing here, that some situations that require law intervention <laughs> means that there are people who are not particularly happy. <laughs> so I'm wondering, what uh, what do you think are ways to kind of diffuse that if somebody maybe doesn't really welcome a call because they might be on the other end of that. So how did you handle that? Well, I learned to listen, to let the angry customer talk it out. If I were to interrupt that person, hypothetically, if I were to do that, because that's one of my triggers that I recognize in myself, is that I get very angry when people interrupt me. So I was very careful not to interrupt because that would make the situation even worse. And the the angry customer really needs to understand that somebody is listening, somebody cares about the source of upset, and that you're going to, as the business owner, try to fix the problem. So in each instance, I would evaluate and not promise a solution on the phone until I could investigate the situation further. Typically, the, the attorney was angry because one of the expert witnesses we supplied either spent too much time or didn't write the right report or didn't testify well, and that had implications for the case. So there would be also a few instances, and I'm sure it happens in every business, where there was a hole in the system and several things went wrong, and if we had picked it up earlier, it wouldn't have gone all the way to the conclusion. So I would investigate those situations and write a letter to the attorney to say, if this is what we found and this is what we're doing to change our system so that it won't happen again. I think those letters were very effective, at least in diffusing the situation. In some cases, we couldn't keep the customer, but others appreciated the letter and realized that no system is perfect and that we took very seriously the concerns. So I think the power of giving somebody a written letter of apology is something that we overlook and probably don't do in business as often as we should. Mm -hmm. That's very, very true. And sometimes that's all they want yes. is somebody to say, I, we're going to make sure this doesn't happen to other people, and we appreciate that feedback even mm -hmm. because it helps you better your business as well. Yeah. And another thing I think you can take from that story is how you handle the difficult customer and the letter but also the fact that you actually said this is how we're changing it mm -hmm. and we're changing it because one of the things you were talking about is this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. Mm -hmm. And you get what we call a sucky service snowball, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps going. I actually wrote that in a blog post once. Uh, and one of the best ways to sort of prevent that from happening is making sure you're always analyzing what any kind of negative customer situation you have and kind of, you know, hitch in the customer experience. You want to look back and say, why did it happen? And is it something that we can address and fix the system, fix the process, or train the people that created the issue. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you, you don't always have that, but a lot of times you do, and you made a point to check that, and that's how you have less of those issues going forward. Mm -hmm. And with such a successful business that you built with these principles, what do you think 
the those people out there who are thinking about starting a business, who are worried about kind of the objectives, the business objectives and the business plan, what would you suggest they think about proactively as they build that business regarding customers? I think it's to listen to your customers, to be very responsive. Some of the um, most frustrating experiences that a business owner can run into is when an employee or a subcontractor falls down on the job and then the client becomes very unhappy. But for somebody thinking about starting a business, I would not let that dissuade you. If you've got that burning desire and what you're doing is of value and you've got special skills and you see a need, you know, yeah, there are negative things that are going to happen, but there are so many positive things mm -hmm. that happen when you own a business and the lives that you change, the employees whose lives you have a direct impact on, and your customers. So, yeah, yeah, it can happen, but, you know, you deal with it. It's part of being in business. It's, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's challenging at times, but it's incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. right, and every business model is different. So some oh. things like you had, and we discussed this, and you mentioned it earlier, maybe we can dig in a little. You had a high-stakes business model, which mm -hmm. means one mistake had, could have huge ramifications because if somebody didn't give a good testimony, I mean, that could affect a court case that was worth millions of dollars, right? Yes. So you really had to focus on getting it right the first time, number one, and mm -hmm. having a very seriously upset customer if it didn't go well. So what mm -hmm. would you say for people that have these? And like I've, I've got a, a potential client I was just talking to. They do uh, surgical things, mm -hmm. uh, surgical equipment. And if their equipment breaks, it can like affect sur you know, surgical uh, oh, yes. rotations and plans and all that. Yep. So what, do you, what would you recommend for people that are in high, have these sort of high stakes kind of customer experiences? Uh, one, from the prevention standpoint, really making sure you have as few problems as possible. And two, Anything special or different you may have done in the recovery side of it that maybe you haven't already talked about? Well, we functioned in that world all the time in healthcare. I'm a nurse, and there are multiple opportunities in the healthcare system for errors to occur, for breakdown in equipment, for breakdown in communication. Um, ideally, you have safety nets in place. Ideally, you train your employees, if you're a business owner, to come to you and say, you know, something is not right. There's a problem here. Um, there's something that's concerning me. If people feel comfortable doing that, and the airline industry is a, is a wonderful example of that, the whole aviation crew resource management training that evolved because of people on airplanes feeling intimidated by the power structure and not feeling they could say to the pilot, you know, there's a noise in the number two engine. But instead, well, I'm, I'm just a mechanic or I'm just a worker. I mean, how can I possibly bring that to the attention of the pilot? That's why planes crashed in the Potomac River and other bodies of water and land. So if, you've, if you set up an atmosphere where your employees recognize they are part of the system and they have a responsibility to carry out their jobs and that it makes a difference what they do, and they're not intimidated about coming to report something that they see, then you avert some of these disasters. That's culture, right? Yeah, it is culture. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear about this angle because I think a lot of people think the attorneys and their offices do everything, 
and there's a whole community around it, like so mm -hmm. many other businesses that we talk to. So it's it's cool to hear that perspective. And it sounds like you've done an amazing job growing oh, your business, you. and now you can just relax, right? Yeah, I just go to the beach. We're in Florida. Go, go hit the yeah, beach. Yeah, exactly. Relax. We'll see you at the, the pool. <laughs> well, I've had it has been fantastic having mm -hmm. you on. Thank Please you. tell our listeners, our viewers, where they can find you, learn more, connect with you, all of that good stuff. They can contact me if they're interested in talking about ghostwriting or editing books at editingmybook.com, and that's where I hang out. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And here we are with Miss Pat Iyer. I am Adam Deport, and you can find out more about me at customersatstick.com. And you are who? I'm Jimmy Walters, still. <laughs> <laughs> I and, forgot since the beginning. And you can find more about me at 360connects.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for viewing and listening. And until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.